listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Hey, we're going to turn uh, to Scripture this morning, to uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. I guess um, my assignment here this morning in, in kind of thinking about what to uh, encourage you with and to strengthen you with, and even I believe that what I'm about to talk about is something that is never um, something we truly um, we move on from. It's always a journey that we're constantly going, not around, but, but diving deeper into all the time. Um, I, I want to talk to you around this whole idea of, um, of trusting God, of trusting God. And, and uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, Solomon, who is one of the wisest people on the planet, uh, he, he has had, if you think you're a successful business person, we, man, that God loves successful business people. He had a lot of people like them in uh, Scripture and throughout the history of uh, the God journey. And, and, and Solomon is one of those people. And he comes to the conclusion that even as a business person, um, trust is a big, important, a big important part of the journey. Uh, if you're a mother or a father, he was also a, a parent. And so he had to trust God in that area. And uh, in all of his life, Solomon came to this conclusion, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Watch this. Trust in the Lord with, you, you, you can yell it out. It's, yeah, that's cool. You, wow, that, that was very passionate. My goodness, come on. Someone's had a couple of coffees this morning. Watch out. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Depend not on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. One more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Depend not on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Um, this morning, I, I want to, for the, the topic, the title to pique your curiosity, uh, and for all those people that are taking notes and want to go to heaven, I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down, okay? Um, I want you to write this down. Trust issues. Trust issues issues. Trust issues. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you've got trust issues. Yeah, you do. I'm sorry. Okay. Like it's not offensive. It's not meant to hurt or harm you, but can I be honest? We've all got some trust. Yeah. Trust issues. And I always have one big point, one big point uh, that I, because again, I figure that a lot of people have like what I call Christian amnesia after church and you'll listen and you'll love it. And then you'll get to the end of it. And someone will ask you like, oh, what do they preach on? You're like, ah. Oh, Jesus? Like, you don't, you just forget everything. So I've tried to do this um, in my journey of communicating the gospel. It's just kind of bring one point, just one big point that then we can unpackage. And here's my big point for today. Ready? Um, God's goal is actually not necessarily to get you from A to B. No, no. God's goal is to get you from doubt to trust. One more time. God's goal, ultimately, it's not a destination. Now, yes, there's a destination involved, and is that yet the biggest one being heaven? I think that's so good. But actually, God's goal is not to get you from, from A to B. God's goal is to get you from doubt to trust. Doubt to trust. That's what he's trying to do all the time. Doubt to trust. And so let's pray and unpackage what this means for us today and also how, how this can impact the way we live our nine to five. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for this amazing church and everything that is happening. God, we thank you for last weekend and Easter, celebrating what you did on our behalf. And, uh, and for Life Conference this week, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing amongst the whole of Life Church around uh, multiple continents. Lord, I thank you that today, uh, for those who feel distant or far from you, uh, they would ultimately walk away from this today, recognizing that they're so loved by you. Just love. That would be the overwhelming truth that resounds in their heart and in their mind. 
But I also pray as well that for us of us who are Jesus followers, um, let this be a time where we are strengthened, Lord, that that's why we gather like this, so that we can encourage and strengthen one another in you. So help us to not just hear this, but let you transform us through this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I have, um, I've been married this year, uh, 17 years. How cool is that? Yes, yeah, 17 years of marriage. Yeah. Couple of applauses, but it's pretty special, right? Yeah, yeah, you can clap. It's fine. Seventeen years, we have three beautiful offspring. We love our kids, and um, and 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 when I married my wife, Alana, um, I, I am I am uh, come from the northern beaches of Sydney, uh, just 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 your average kind of just this northern beaches of Sydney family, like this this it. But when I married my wife, Alana. Uh, I didn't just marry an amazing woman, an amazing intelligent woman. I actually married into a culture. I married an Italian. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the people clap right now, that's the Italians. Just so you know that you can hear them everywhere. You can hear them from a long distance, right? So it, I married into the Italian family, right? That's what I married into. So when I married my wife, yes, I married into that culture, which was very foreign to me because I'm just this white Anglo-Saxon, Northern Beaches man, right? Marrying into this amazing culture. Uh, and there's many perks to that culture. Come on, all the Italians out there. Italians, you know how to eat. Yeah, you do. You know how to cook. You know how to, you know how to put on a spread. You know how to gather. You know how to do community. Man, it is so special. Um, but what I also married, uh, when, I, when I married into um, the Italian, who was very passionate. And the other side of that passion seems to um, present itself in almost in a form of, of aggression. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm sure. She, she will tell me, no, no, that's just passion. That's a passion. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that's aggression. Okay, so, <laughs> but, but uh, whatever you say, sweetheart, okay. Just don't hit me. Okay, anyway, so I'm playing. So, so but here's the thing. My wife, um, she, she's very passionate and very aggressive when it comes to food. Okay, let me explain this. Um, my, <laughs> yes, another Italian on the front row to shout me down. Okay, because because for her, when she eats and enjoys something that she eats, she feels that everyone must partake in what she's experiencing. She feels that you know what, if it's good for me, it must be good for you, and and not only that, you must try this. I got to be honest with you right now. I'm not a, when it comes to life and and love. Man, I am a sharer, but when it comes to food, I am not. I don't share food. No, I don't. When I go to a place, I order my meal. You order your meal. You eat it. I eat it. No, we do not share this. I want to enjoy. You can tell me about your culinary experience at the end. Oh, man, we, you can, we can talk about it, unpackage it. But no, I do not want to taste what you're having. Because again, it ends up being a two-way street anyway, because if she doesn't really like her meal, she wants to taste mine because she wants mine. You know? Come on, all the men in the house, right? You come on. I just got to have a little bit of yours. A little bit. A little bit. You just hate half of that. Come on, like, yeah, I don't want any chips. You just ordered. I just had chips and you ate all my chips. What's going on? Like, come on. So, so, so my wife, Alana, um, let's just go to one, one particular example. Because sometimes the truth is she is aggressive and passionate when it comes to the things of food. But sometimes uh, I have resisted to taste it because I want to have my own food. But, but sometimes I have partook in the culinary experience only to find, oh my goodness, she was right. She was absolutely right. So I'm going to blow your mind, ready? Once upon a time, I used to hate avocado. I know, some people are like, are you even saved? <laughs> like, my goodness, I thought that came part and parcel with baptism. You know, like, here's baptism, here's some smashed avo, right? Like, I... I 
I hated avocado because in my mind, why would I want to eat something that tastes like it's already been chewed on? Just a thought. Just a thought. Why do I want to do it? So my wife, up until literally, we, we were, I think it was two years into our marriage, so I got married at 20. At 22, I still, in 22 years of my life, had never tasted avocado, but yet I convinced myself that I did not want it because it looked like something I didn't want to indulge in. But she loved avocado, so she kept on trying to force avocado down my throat. So literally, I'd be sitting there at the dinner table. She would get some avocado, she'd be like, taste some avocado. I said, sweetheart, I don't want to, I don't want to taste the avocado. Taste the avocado. Babe, I don't want, toast the oven. I'm like, whoa, okay, Legion, take it easy, right? So she is getting aggressive. And because she's passionate, Italian, aggressive, right? She's like, she is unrelenting, okay? So she's like, taste the avocado. I'd be lying in bed. She'd roll over in the middle of the night, taste the avocado, right? Okay, so <laughs> I'd be in the shower getting ready. She smashed up against the glass, taste the avocado, right? I'd be out in the surf, a little snorkel pops up, taste the avocado, you know, like she will not let it go, right? Will not let it go. Finally, finally the day came. I'm like, fine, I'm, I'm sick of the bantering. I'm, th- I'm sick of the pestering. So I grabbed the spoonful of avocado and shoved it in my mouth and my life changed. It was almost like, man, my taste buds were high-fiving each other. Yes, they were worshipping worthy, right? Like they are getting into it. And I had this moment, my goodness, for so long I had resisted something that was truly Amazing. Now, here's the truth. When it comes to the idea of faith, maybe you're here today and you feel like for so long, man, people have just been trying to force feed me faith. I mean, you've got to believe God. I mean, why haven't, you, why haven't you come to church? This stuff's amazing. And literally, you've stepped into church today. This is maybe your first time, second time. Maybe you just come back because of Easter last weekend. Oh, that was pretty interesting. I want to hear more. And you feel like people have just been trying to force feed you faith. But here's the crazy thing about faith is that we could talk about it every single week from this pulpit. But the Bible says, inspired through the psalmist, he says, listen, taste and see that the Lord is good, which means then that faith is not something merely I attain through intellect. It's something I must experience. See, I had rejected for so long something that I was convinced was not for me. No, this is not, no, this, this is not my thing. It's not my stuff. It's not my flavor. It's not what I want. But when I partook in it, I realized, my goodness, how could I ever live without this? How could I have missed out on this for so long? Because I had to experience it for myself. And maybe that's been your journey. I mean, my parents have been trying to force feed me faith for a long time. Man, these people have been trying to, and listen, sometimes, yes, there's been some aggression behind it, but understand, for a lot of us, it's not an aggression, it's a passion, because we have experienced something that has changed our lives, and we just want you to taste and see for your, for yourself, for yourself. But, but the interesting thing, um, interesting thing about faith, what is faith? What is faith? Let's unpackage that for a moment. Because I believe it's been misconstrued in a lot of ways. What exactly is faith? Let me put it to you this way, that faith is really, uh, it's a two-sided coin. If you were to look at it theologically, uh, they would say that faith is, is two sides to the same coin. One side being that it is intellectual assent, intellectual assent. In other words, I, I, with my mind, I now believe that, that God is God. I have a, I've had an intellectual assent. In other words, I believe He is there. I believe that there is a higher power. There is a being somewhere. I believe in God, which is great. It's so good that that's maybe your, your journey so far, but that is actually only one side of faith. It is, yes, intellectual assent, but from there, it's actually this whole idea of trust. 
So it's two sides of the same coin. It's not, can't be one or the other. It is intellectual assent. I believe that God is there, but then also I trust in God wholeheartedly. So that's the journey of faith. So in other words, if I was to look at this chair, I could say, my goodness, yeah, I believe the chair is there. I, can, I, can, I believe it, like the chair is there. You know, how many people would agree that the chair is there, right? Okay, there's a chair in there, right? That was at the play school. Anyway, so here we go. There's a chair. I believe that. But then to, to then go to the other side of what faith is, it's not just to believe the chair is there, but to actually then trust in the chair, to trust in it, to, to partake in it. And so this is where the psalmist, or sorry, Proverbs, Solomon is trying to refer to that faith is not just merely I believe God is there, but I've learned to trust Him with every area of my life. Can I ask you this question, but have you ever had trust issues? Trust issues. Have you ever had someone or something that you trusted and it let you down? Can I I be honest? Let's just talk about something for a moment. I've got trust issues with one particular object, um, one particular thing. I do not trust hammocks. You think that's just really weird. No, it is a trust issue in my life. The reason being, because when I was 19 dating Alana, she had a hammock at her house. She said, why don't you hop in the hammock? I said, sure, I'll hop in the hammock. And she started to swim me. I'm like, man, this is amazing. Is this what marriage is like? You're going to do this all the time, maybe with a palm tree or something? Like, uh, but like, what, 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 what's going on? Like, I'm enjoying it. This is unreal. And then she starts to get a bit violent with it. And she starts swinging it out further and further with a sadistic smile on her face. And as I got out further and further, and then suddenly... <laughs> The thing snapped. I fell, literally out, going out on the arc out this way and landed on a tiled surface. Like just wiped out. She laughed. I cried on the inside because that's what men do. Cry on the inside, right? Okay, so I, 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 I cried. But, but, but here's the thing. Ever since then, ever since then, any hammock that I encounter, I'm reluctant to hop in it. Like literally, I'm that person. Like I'll see it and I'll put my hand there. And then I kind of half hop in and still have a leg on the ground. And then when I lift it up for a little, oh, and I put it back again, like, because I've developed a trust issue. What's interesting is it was only one hammock that broke, but now because of one hammock breaking, I'm now suspicious of every hammock. Everyone. You know, in the same way, have you noticed this about the human condition that we actually universalize our problems? We universalize them. So what happens then, if I've had one relationship breakdown, someone who has broken my trust relationally, I now project that on every other future relationship. I develop trust issues because, man, if it happened once, then most likely it might happen again. We can't back that up. We can't actually validate that point, but we have, because of our old experience or a past experience, now project that onto every other future relationship. We develop trust issues in the same way. This might be your church experience. I went to a church once and they broke my trust. I'm not there to condone that that happens. I'm sorry that it happened. But the issue that we do, a lot of people do, especially within Christendom, is we universalize that trust issue. And now because that church did it, every church must do it. And maybe part of the hindrance to your journey of faith in this church is because of a past church experience. And now you are reluctant to go any further with this church community because if I I went that far with them and this is what happens. And if I cross over to that place of trust again, maybe it will happen again. But, But here's the crazy thing. Maybe that trust issue is hindering you from tasting and seeing something you've never experienced before. 
Maybe, just maybe, we got to recognise that every single one of us, every single one of us has been hurt. Every single one of us has been let down. That is a universal problem in the world today. But do not let that hinder the journey forward that God wants to take you on because that trust issue could actually stop you from experience, potentially experiencing the fullness of God. Because I just got, I just got a trust issue. So, so, so this is where the psalmist is trying to speak into. Sorry, Proverbs, what's where uh, Solomon in Proverbs is trying to speak into? He's trying to say, listen, um, I I need you to catch this because he was not a perfect truster, just so you know that. The man who wrote this scripture, Solomon, was not the perfect, oh my, you read this and you're like, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own. And you think, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. Like he must have done that. No, he didn't. From experience, he recognized I must get over my trust issues because I have been on the other side of this and I have chosen to trust in myself and do it my own way. And that's where you predominantly get the book of Ecclesiastes. None of you ever read Ecclesiastes. It's quite a morbid book, but it's actually the experience that that Solomon predominantly had when he chose to trust in himself and not in God. He said, it's all meaningless, it's pointless. Man, it's like chasing the wind. He, he then laments all throughout this book of Ecclesiastes, but it's almost like in Proverbs, he comes back to this conclusion, my goodness, I am missing out on what this is all about. I've got to come back to trusting God. I've got to get over my trust issues. I've got to come back to trusting Him. So let's move quickly. How, 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 do, I, how do I trust God? I don't know about you, but I, I've struggled to trust God. Anyone? You're like, hold on a sec, James, you're like a pastor. Aren't you like paid to trust God? <laughs> no, no I, I have struggled within this. And here's the thing that baffles me is that God has never let me down. God has never broken my trust. But why is it then that I do not trust Him in every area of my life? Why? Because there is something within us that still rages against trusting wholeheartedly who God is. It's still the humanity side of us that still wants to do it in our own strength, in our own efforts. That is the human condition. And the Bible says forever we will struggle between trusting God and not trusting God. Trusting God and not trusting God. Paul says it like this, why do I do what I don't want to do and don't do what I do want to do, wretched man that I am? In other words, I keep on going back and forth, like literally like a pendulum swinging out to my own flesh, to trusting God, to my own flesh, to trusting God, but I'm here to tell you that is part of the journey. But, 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 but you've you got to recognize as much as the pendulum might go out, don't let it stay there. Come, come back, like, come back, come back, come back to trusting God. Even when you felt like, man, I've taken trust back, God's saying, keep, keep coming back, just keep coming back. I'm robust enough to handle it, just keep coming back. So, so here's the question, why, 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 should, why should I trust God? Or how should, how should I learn to trust God is the better question. Psalms, oh, sorry, Proverbs says it like this, Trust in the, <laughs> trust in the, the Lord. Trust in the Lord. So what's interesting then is that the psalmist is trying to say then, it's not just trusting in this ethereal, mystic, like mysterious thing. It's actually no trust in the person of God. So in other words, if you're going to really grow in trusting God, point number one, you've got to know God. You've got to know God. Now, James, that sounds like, that is such an elementary point. Really? But, but here's what I found about most believers. The reason why they struggle to trust God is because they just don't know Him well enough. That's the same of every person, regardless of whether Jesus follows or not. We just don't know Him well enough. Can I ask you this question for all the parents? Give me a little wave if you're a parent. Give me a parent, parent wave, right? Okay, parent waves. Okay, so can I ask you this question? Your precious kids, would you ever let a perfect stranger take care of your kids? No. 
Every person, every person who's a parent has, no, I would not. Why? Because I do not trust them. I do not know them. So why would I trust or why would I entrust something that is precious to me with someone I do not know? So I found this to be true. The way I increase my trust in God is not by conjuring up this man. I've just got to be more trusting. I've got to be more trusting. No, I've just got to be more knowing of who he is. Let me just go there for a second. Can I, can I encourage you? Can we just kick it old school when it comes to church? Can we go back to good old-fashioned devotional times where we spend some time with the Lord in the morning every single day? Yeah, come on. You can clap for that because I know this is a wrestle within us. I've found that a lot of people do not trust God. Why? Because they don't even open up their Bible. They don't know the God of the universe because they've neglected to read his bio. This is who he is. He said, you know, I mean, and this is what, it's amazing to me, the, the heroes of faith who also struggle with trust issues, you can read about them in Hebrews, but they didn't even have a Bible to learn how to know God. Now we have a bio about who he is. We have almost like manuscripts written about his character and his goodness and his kindness. How much more should we trust than they trusted? Because they knew, yes, from experience, but we know, we know because we've seen the written Word of God, which now feeds the fire and enables us to want to know Him more. So, so just like a little detail for a second. Can, if you're struggling to, 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 to trust God or have that faith in Him, maybe tomorrow just wake up, a, like I'm talking like 10 minutes earlier, and just open up the book and say, God, reveal yourself to me. Show me who you are. Show me who you are. God, I want to I know you more. And here's the crazy thing. The more I get to know about God, the more I just want to trust Him. Man, if He did that for them, He can do that for me. If He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, then I can trust Him. Come on, for my yesterdays, I can trust Him with my todays, and I can trust Him with my tomorrows, my forevers. I need to know God. And so Proverbs says, listen, trust in the Lord. In other words, it's a person. He wants you to trust in God. You need to know Him first. Secondly, um, you've actually got to go to a place of not just knowing God, but you've got to go to a place of letting God. Letting God. So know God, number one. Number two, let God. See, here's what I found. He, he says it like this. Um, trust in the Lord with your whole heart, with all your heart, with all of it, and lean not or depend not on your own understanding. So, so what I've discovered about me and the human condition as well is that we actually have layers of trust. Well, there's four types of trust, if you want to put it. We have four, four types of trust. You can write this down if you want. We have human trust. We have hollow trust. We have half trust. And we have a holy trust. I'll say that again. We have a human trust. We have a hollow trust. We have a half trust. And then we have a holy trust. So, so first things first, Let's talk about human trust. The reason why a lot of us in this room have had trust issues, everyone in this room has, by the way, is because we have actually tried to put our trust in a human, and the only issue with humans, regardless of how perfect and amazing they are, eventually they will let you down. So a life lived solely on human trust is very much a roller coaster of emotion because I trust you and then they let me down and then I trusted them and then they let me down. And literally, it's, it's the human condition. A lot of breakups and, and, and breakdowns in society are actually because of just broken human trust. But if you live just solely with human trust, I just don't want to be a doomsday prepper here, but things are going to be very difficult for you. 
I only ever trust in people. Because when they break your trust, you universalize that problem and then you'll start to, ever, do you know what I'm saying? So there's human trust. And then there's the next one. And this is going to be, oh, okay, it's going gonna to sting a little bit. You ready for this? Like it's going to sting, but I love you. I love you. Well, yeah, let's, have, let's hang out after, right? I love you. There's hollow trust. And this is the person who has one side of faith on their, on their resume. They have intellectual assent. In other words, they believe there is a God. But I'm here to tell you that's hollow trust. Alone, it is just hollow trust. Let me explain this. James, not me, but James, the half-brother of Jesus, he says, you believe in God? Good. Even demons believe in God and tremble. That's like, what? He's saying that demons have a level of trust. They have a level of faith. They believe that God is there. They actually do. The Bible says they know that he's there. They know it. But it's just hollow. It's, just a, it's simply just intellectual assent. And the issue is if God, if for you, is only ever, well, God's, God, yeah, I believe he's there. I believe he's there. It's like, well, it's just hollow. It's just hollow trust. You know that he's there. And maybe that's your journey here this morning. Like, oh, yeah, I just believe there's a God. And you wonder why you're yet to experience him because all you have put God in the category of is, is yeah, intellectual assent. Yeah, I believe he's there. And now by intellectual assent, you simply put God at a distance as opposed to allowing him to come close, which is what he wants to be. This is hollow. And, maybe, and that's predominantly, if I'm really honest, that's what a lot of religion is. Religion alone is hollow trust. It is going through the routines of church life. Yes, there's a God. Yes, I go through the routine of church. I come to church. I do my thing. I do my stuff. But that's all it simply is. It's just, it's hollow. Now, I love you, but, but, but that's, that's not the place God wants you to reside in. Now, if I'm going to be honest with you, the next two points are where I typically sit. Okay, now I have been through all of these, by the way, but this is kind of where my life resides between the next two. So there's human trust, there's hollow trust, and then there's half trust. So I don't know if, if I'm the only one here, but I'm like, if God is this, like, just, just, just entertain with me for a moment. Like, if God is, 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 is this chair, like, and, I'm, and this is me trusting him, I, I have, like, sometimes what I call, like, a, um, like a half-cheek trust. Know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Like, I've just got one, one foot on the floor, and then I'm kind of trusting in Him. And it's like just half. It's like, God, yeah, cool. Yeah, I totally do, but then I've got this as well. And, and you yeah, know, God, I'm, yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, I believe in you, and I'm going to trust you with this. Oh, but not with that. I'll go, yeah, I'm 100% with you on this one. Oh, but I'd like to take care of this one. So it's half. It's, it's, it's a half trust. And, and, and this is where I've been a lot of times throughout my faith journey. What I find that when things are going um, really, really good... I'm typically on the one foot again. Oh, God, it's all good. I got this. And it's all good. It's great. And then when things are falling apart, I'm like, oh, back on you, Lord. But I trust you. And, and this is like, mm, this, this is not, again, God loves you. You believe in Jesus. You, you, you accept the free gift of salvation, what he did on your behalf on the cross. Man, it's a, you, man, you're set. You're going to heaven. It's all good. But on this side of eternity, come on, just to live with half trust, it's not as exciting. It's not as amazing as it could be. And God is saying, I'm trying to get you out of not just leaning on your own understanding. I'm trying to get you over to the place of holy trust. Now, let me explain this. Okay. When I say the word holy, straight away you go, oh, that sounds super hard. Yeah, as soon as you mention the word holy, I'm out. I'm out because I am definitely this thing. Oh, no, I am not holy at all. I'm a little bit, you know, messed up, jacked up. We've got a few issues that I've had. No way am I ever holy. 
And we think of holy as this kind of like, you know, like, oh, welcome. You know, like, it's this, we've made holy about our perfection and actually not about his perfect faithfulness. Let me explain. When, when it comes to the journey of trusting God, we need to know him. But here's, here's what I'm trying to say. You need to, you need to let him. Maybe this is the first time you heard this, but do you realize that faith is not something that we conjure up in ourselves? Faith is a gift from God. So sometimes you face things and you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I just don't have enough faith for this. You ever heard that statement? No, I don't have enough faith for this. And it's like, well, hold on a sec. Um, let's be careful there because if you're making faith about something you conjure up in yourself, you're missing the whole idea of faith because faith in itself is actually a gift from God. Example. There's a man in the Bible, he, um, he actually has a boy who is demon-possessed, and he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my son is very ill, he has seizures, he throws himself into the fire, he throws himself into the water. I went to your disciples, they couldn't do much about it, but Jesus, can you, can you heal my son? And, and then Jesus turns to him, he says, well, what do you think? And I love this man in the Bible, because I think every one of us relate with him. He says, you know what, Jesus, be honest, I'm really struggling to believe you, but help me with my unbelief. Does anyone else in this room like feel lighter and more liberated by that statement? Because Jesus doesn't go, whoa, whoa, you don't trust me? Well, enjoy the seizures with your son because I need absolute perfect faith if you want to appease me and have me intervene into your life. No, Jesus turns to him and says, yeah, okay, cool. Okay, I can help you with your unbelief. I can do that, which then goes back to the point that faith is not something I conjure up in me. Faith is a gift from God. So here's the point. If you are lacking faith, instead of like, well, being disheveled and broken down that maybe I don't have enough faith, what you need to do is go, God, help me with my unbelief. It's a holy trust, God, that I need to, again, holy, my whole life, totally surrendered to you. But Lord, I struggle to do that. So would you help me with my unbelief in this moment? I'm gonna let you give me faith in you. I'm going to let you give me courage for this moment. I'm going to let you give me peace for this. I'm going to let, why? Because I need you. God, I can't do it in myself. Hey, what are you facing right now that you're finding really hard to trust God with? Really hard. God, I want my kids to, 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 to be like Jesus followers, but man, they're not really going the way that I thought. And I'm just struggling, Lord. I'm struggling to trust you. And, and God's like, I can help you with that unbelief. I can God, I'm, I'm sick right now. I need a miracle. And, and I really find it hard to think you can heal me. And all you need to go is go to God. Can you just help me with my unbelief? God, I'm struggling to think that I could actually go anywhere in, in this career or in this life. Well, whatever major thing you're going through right now that you're struggling to trust God with, the answer is not, well, just try harder. That's your problem. Not trying hard enough. No, no. God, would you help me? Help me to trust you better. Help me, Lord. I will let you. Give me that. Because I, I want to have wholehearted trust and not lean on my own understanding. Last but not least, I need to know God. I need to let God. And then I need to include God. See, the journey of faith is this actually just constant inclusion with God. It really is. It's constantly. Sorry, Solomon says it like this. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. To seek his will in all you do. In other words, everything you're doing, just include God. 
God, I need to include you. God, I need, I need, before I step into tomorrow, God, I will include you. Before I step into this meeting, God, I will include you. Before I step into this conflicting moment, God, I will include you. Before I step in that hospital, God, I will include you. Before I step into going to that emotions again, God, I'm going to include you. Before I go to that dark place again, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to include you in all your ways. Just acknowledge him. God, I, I, just, I just need you. See, um, uh, my, my little girl, Savannah, she's, she's classic. She is, she's sassy. She's, you know what I'm talking about? You know that word sassy? It's like attitude, but she makes it look good. Yeah, sassy. And um, she, uh, <laughs> she was in the backyard a little while ago um, in our house we previously lived in, and, and, and she was playing with some bricks and just moving them around, like struggling to move them around. And um, straight away, like, James, wow, great parenting. Why don't you buy him some toys? Um, but don't be fooled, bricks are, are really entertaining. Um, but, but, She's moving bricks, and she's struggling. She's struggling. She's struggling. And, and, and she, sh- she shouts from the end of the backyard, Daddy, can you come help me? Oh, sure, baby, I'll come down. I come down, and, and, and by help, she means, can you do it? So I start moving the bricks with these, with these, with these, with these, right? Just boom, just chuck them around. And, 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 and she looks at me. She's like, whoa, look how well. And then she pushed me out of the way. My turn. My turn. And then she, she struggles to lift him again. I said, do you want daddy to help you? So like, yeah, I said, how about we do it together? So I put my hand on the brick. She put her hand on the brick and we lifted the bricks. And how many people know that I took all the weight? She just had a hand on it with me. And, 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 and in the same way, to, to include God, I know about you, but I do this often. I got it, Lord. I got it. Actually, I don't. And God is so gracious and kind. Because the strength's not in me, the strength's in Him. But if we would do this, if I would just include Him, what was once so heavy to lift is so much lighter. But, but, but again, coming back to Proverbs, we've got to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Hey, can I ask you a question as we finish here this morning? Have you got some trust issues? I know I do. Yeah, I know I've had some moments. And to that, I would say to you, now's not a time to, well, I'm just going to go and figure this out myself. Well, I'm just going to stay there because you know what? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a place of safety. And, you know, I don't, I'd rather just trust in me because when I've trusted in them or trusted in God, I've been let down. And God's saying, hey, you know what? There's so much more liberty to, to trusting me with anything, everything than to trusting in yourself. Or to staying where you're at. And today, my encouragement to you is this, is that God's, God's, what God's trying to do for you right now, he's, it's not a destination. He's not trying to get you from A to B. That's not what he's trying to do. He's just always trying to get you from doubt to trust. Like that's the Christian journey. This doubt, this doubt to trust. Destinations will be involved. Don't you worry about that. He's going to take you great places. He's going to lead you. The Bible says he's going to make my path straight. But really what he's trying to do, it's not so much about the path, it's about the trust. And, and if you would just acknowledge me, if you would just include me, if you just come to know me and let me and include me, what you'll find is that now you just, oh, I'm starting to trust God more. I'm starting to doubt less and I'm starting to trust more. And even when that moment comes, I've been in this moment before, but I'm, I feel like I'm approaching it differently. Why? Because I feel that he is with me. He is alongside me and we are lifting this thing together. Why? I've just learned to doubt less and trust more.
hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.